This episode of the Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Sales Leadership United. Since 2019, Sales Leadership United has grown to become the largest collection of sales leadership assets in the world. Check out salesleadershipunited.com and tap into tools used by elite sales leaders worldwide. Accelerate your leadership development. Solve modern sales challenges. Use fully prepped sales meetings in your next team meeting. Thousands of hours of sales leadership materials indexed and searchable with a single click. Create your own personal sales leadership library. Head to salesleadershipunited.com and use the code ROB at signup to get a free trial on me. Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth from the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders who are taking what the market gives and then some. This show features leaders of teams who are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and creating life-changing years for the people they lead. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Sales Leadership United, the world's largest collection of sales leadership assets. Be sure to check out the all-new salesleadershipunited.com. Fast-track your sales leadership development, gain insights into how other sales leaders are solving challenges similar to the ones you face, and tap into over 400 leadership topics, hundreds of video insights, battle-tested leadership frameworks, and new material that comes out every single week. Sales Leadership United is the easiest investment in yourself you'll ever make. Head to salesleadershipunited.com, use the code ROB at signup, and get a free trial on me. Now, get ready for some serious insights from sales leaders who are making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we got you. Hello, and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. What an incredible year we've had on the show this year. Uh, all the growth of this show has blown my mind. We're growing faster and faster and faster. And I love the DMs that I get from you every week as you share how our conversations are helping you in your career. It is absolutely why I love doing this show every single week. And it's why I'm so excited to bring this one to you. The person that we have today is someone that's going to be a game changer and a difference maker in how you lead your team. Today's guest is someone I can't be more excited about bringing to the show. Today, we're joined by Michael Hoffman. He's a CEO and founder of PassSite, but we're going to call him Hoff, okay? And for over a decade, Hoff has led ridiculously successful SaaS sales organizations. And along the way, he's helped scoop up over 2,000 wins. And while those wins were exciting and they were worth celebrating, Hoff dove into the 8,000 losses that came as part of these totally different sales processes. And what became clear to him is that most teams don't have a reliable way to actually learn from their losses for so many important reasons. And gaining clarity around these reasons, they changed everything for him as a sales leader. And today, Mike's been helping companies around the world learn from losses through the tools his new company, PassSite, offers. He's been working with companies for, for a year. And as we kick off this 2024 year, Mike's going to share some important insights he's learned over this past year as he's worked with some of the most iconic companies in the world and helped them learn from their losses so they can grow, so they can become better, and not just rely on hitting the grind. If you can't tell, this is a super important episode. I'm bringing it to you as you start the year on purpose. This is one I am super excited to get started with. Mike Hoff. Welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, and thank you so much for joining me. 
Let's go. Thanks for having me, Rob. That's quite the intro. I'm fired up. So am I. This is a topic that every single leader should be interested in, what we're going to talk about today, because, you know, none of us have uh, situations where we win more than we lose. We lose more than we win. And most of the time, all we talk about is why it's important to be resilient. What I can't wait to talk about with you is why it's important, why we learn from it and rather just rather than just deal with it. Right. And um, so so let's get rolling, brother. Why don't you tell us about PathSide? It's a company I'm really excited about. It's a company I'm really excited to introduce to 50,000 listeners all around the world. What do you, who are you guys? And what do you do for your customers? Yeah, absolutely. Well, a win-loss intelligence company, what we do is we reach out to our customers, lost deals, churn customers, current customers, uh, and gather all these insights to ultimately help companies improve close rates, reduce churn, and ultimately generate more revenue for the business. Super important. Like if you can win more and lose less, those are not like the same thing. Like if you can win more, that's one thing. Losing less is a totally different thing. You you get like this double value on this, okay? And uh, and so I love that. I hope we have people nodding heads like you're doing right now. And we're I'm excited. We're going to drop a bunch of videos into Sales Leadership United on our conversation. And and I hope we get a lot of people excited to learn from these things rather than just deal with these things. But before we do, I always love asking our guests. We've had a lot of them in five years, Hoff. What attracted you to sales? I'm still looking for that first person who said, when I grow up, I'm going to be in sales. Uh, are you that person? I'm not that person directly. What happened was uh, I went to school at Drexel. And why that's relevant is you do three six-month internships. And from them, I had learned that I don't want to work for a big company because I'm not going to change a big company. Like when I interned at Goldman Sachs, like I'm not going to change Goldman Sachs. And then when I worked for a VC fund, I learned like, I don't want it just to be 10 years how you get pr promoted. I want something where, where the results speak for themselves. So from that experience, I graduated knowing I wanted sales and I wanted sales at a smaller company where I can have a big impact. But the reason why I wanted sales is it's quantifiable results. It's not about your age. It's not about your tenure. It's about the results you get. And that speaks for itself. So I graduated knowing I wanted sales for a start, uh, sales in a startup. And that's what I've been doing ever since. Let's go. Thank you for sharing. And, uh, and, and that background is good for our listeners to know, because we're going to talk about something that's really important. And you've been part of that selling motion for a while, a decade of running teams that had really big success. And, uh, and now a year and growing faster and faster as you work with companies that people would know and care about, and you've, you've got some great insights I can't wait to share. So let's, let's start with what might be a really good way to tee up the conversation. Why do companies struggle in, I'm doing air quotes here for people that are only hearing the audio in really knowing why they lose. Like, do people really know why they lose? And and is it a struggle? And 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 why is that important? Can you talk about that for a second? Yeah, companies have no idea why they lose deals. They make assumptions. Generally, what they'll do is they'll go into their CRM, which is inaccurate user-based information. And I'm happy to go deeper on why that's so inaccurate. Um, or anecdotally, they'll think about the most recent losses and think that's the case for everyone, or they'll listen to a bunch of gong calls and give feedback on talk time and how things were positioned and did you do good enough discovery? And companies spend all of their efforts there because that's the least friction and the easiest way to go. And that is not how you're gonna find out the real reasons why you lost. So 
it is a huge problem companies have today that they have no idea why they're losing deals. And as you said, companies are losing more deals than they're winning. So it's a huge opportunity for the companies that want to get, get ahead and really understand why they're losing. So Hoff, I love this. And I want to sit in this for a second because I, I've been in the game for a while and I spent time in the win-loss world for a while. And I'm really interested as a guy who's in it now and like getting a lot of attention. And we're going to make it really easy when we get to the end. I want people to connect with you because I love the stuff that you're putting out there. I love your point of view. I want our all of our 50,000 listeners to start watching because you share stuff that people need to hear. If you were to guess, and I know that your sample size is not going to be big enough for you to say I know what it is or whatever, you've been... But, but I value what you're doing because you're seeing a lot. What percentage of companies do you think really know why they why they lose? Just if you were guessing. As a more educated guesser than I am or anybody that's listening, probably. I would say I've probably spoken this year to around 500 companies. And only one company had a really good system of leveraging different sources and leveraging third party. Um, so one in 500, the other 499 had no idea. One fifth of 1%. Correct. <laughs> one amazing. fifth of 1%. Now that gets my attention. One fifth of one. And I'll tell you what, I work with large companies primarily. I, I work with companies of all sizes. I coach leaders, as you know, and I'm thinking of one of the, the most admired companies in North America. I'd be surprised if there's anybody that's listening to this that wouldn't know who this company is. Now, one of their senior sales leaders told me, we got to figure out how to stop losing for the same reasons. And I mean, this is a company that you would know who they are. And this guy was uh, a leader. like, one of the like, things that frustrates me more than anything else, Rob, is I am sure we continue to lose for the same reasons. And when we tried to put some stuff together, but I mean, it was based on the stuff that you said doesn't work, like CRM or listening to recorded calls or asking salespeople. And so I want to dive into all of those. You said we can dive in. Yes, please. I want to dive into all of those. But I hope this sets the table. Like, am I, like, if you say one fifth of 1%, and I think you're not wrong. Okay. Is it hyperbole? Am I, am I going too far to say it's an epidemic? And then if you can solve this, it's might be the fastest way to transform how you sell next year. 100%. It is an epidemic because companies don't understand. They just accept, okay, we're going to have a 20% close rate. Maybe we can get that to 25% or so a lot of companies are even below that, especially in this market. And so they just accept that we're going to lose a lot more than we win. We're going to do things to coach the reps to get better. We're going to improve our product. We're going to improve our messaging. And that's going to lead to like small improvements. But if you really understand why you're losing and you solve for that, that can lead to major improvements, 10, 20% improvements in win rates. Um, and so companies really don't understand how important it is to really know why they're losing. Yeah, because it, it shows up as a non-revenue generator. It looks like as a cost center. Uh, you're charging me for learning from these things that or calling these people or whatever. And so I see it as a cost and an expense. And in a year where people have been tightening belts, I can see why you could, you'd say it's epidemic. So, so I want to, we'll move off of that because I want everybody to realize it's an epidemic. And I hope that you ask yourself, don't fall into the trap of saying, yeah, we kind of got this. No, one fifth of 1%. You've talked to 500 companies about this thing. Uh, that's a sample size that I would say is relevant.
okay, and one. So for all of our 50,000 listeners, it's more likely that there's much you could gain from this than to say, I've got this. Fair way to wrap that up? 100%. Okay, so let's get after it. So you've told me how big of a problem it is. You've told me why they struggle uh, it is. I guess the last thing that I would say is let's look at the happily ever after. If teams start learning the real stories of their losses, if they start learning what really is happening, what kind of impact do you see happen to companies if they really start learning from their losses? Oh, it's awesome. The companies that have been working on, with us for a while and they have a constant stream of data coming in that they can rely on and depend on, it leads to A, winning customers back. So some deals that wow. are lost win back. And so as a sales leader, don't you want peace of mind of knowing every deal that you lost is going to be reached out to? And we're going to understand can you win it back? When can you win it back? And learn from it so you can avoid other ones in the future. So reps love it because they get the call recordings and it's like having answers to the test because um, they can reach out and say, Let's go. Hey, yep, I knew you didn't buy for, for this reason. We can address that. Um, and it's a win for everyone. It's a win for the um, end user as well. Um, but then for a revenue leader, it's peace of mind of not losing sleep at night being like, is my team doing everything that they need to be doing? to close deals. So there's that aspect of it. But then as this data is coming in, you can make much more strategic decisions on pricing, on marketing, on your messaging, on enablement, what you should actually be training uh, your reps on. And all the strategic company decisions, you now have the voice of the customer in there. So that's what it looks like when you're getting this data in a continuous basis. And you'll find rather than going to gong calls or things like that, you want to go to the real source. That's awesome. So I wrote down two reasons, things that happen. They both start with win. You get win back and you get a better win rate. Exactly. Um, and there's probably a whole bunch of sub things inside of there that go to confidence and go to uh, people being more assertive. And there's got to be a lot of things in there, but win back and win rate. And I would bet your win back rate is probably even higher than what your win rate is, I would imagine. And so- oh. But by far, because you know exactly what the customer wants. You can go in, you can be very consultative. Um, and again, it's a win for everyone. So yeah, the uh, re-engagement rate and the win rates on those are far higher than a typical win rate. Beautiful. Okay. That's fun. Good start. Now you got me, now you got me excited. So let's turn this over to you. So let's first start with what are the, like the, you've kind of hinted to it. Like the usual suspects, when people think they're doing win-loss, and you probably have seen times that they think they're doing win-loss, but they're really not. You've mentioned CRM. You've mentioned talking to reps. Would you mind going a little bit into like some of these usual suspects and, and why they may not be that reliable as witnesses? Yeah, absolutely. So as a sales rep, you are not incentivized to find out the real reasons why you lost. If somebody says they're not moving forward with you, you might try to get them on the phone um, to win them back, but really you wanna focus on the next deal as you should. And so reps aren't going deep into why they lost with the customer. Even if they did, they wouldn't know the right questions to ask at scale to really uncover that information. And even if they did know that, prospects aren't gonna tell the truth. They're gonna avoid confrontation. Um, so that leads to the rep's knowledge on why they lost cannot be uh, validated or, or is not accurate, um, especially on a consistent level. So that's one of the main things 
People do. They look at the data, the rep put in the CRM, or they talk to the rep. Then people will coach on gong calls and say, like, look at trends. Like when this comes up, we win. Or when this comes up, we lose. But you spend so much effort there and it doesn't lead to anything. It might lead to like overall better sales execution, but is it sales execution on the right stuff? So that's the usual way. Then you often have the loudest voice in the room, whether it's the loudest AE or the loudest executive saying, we need to do this. This is what we're going to do to win. And they're making decisions based off of that. Or anecdotal, people are very reactive. You just get off a call with one customer that didn't buy and they gave all of these different uh, reasons. And then you're like, okay, we need to change everything because of what this one customer said. So it's that kind of stuff that is happening on a consistent level that is how decisions are being made. All right, you just rattled off some really good stuff that I can't wait to turn into a segment again, video segment on Sales Leadership United. This this is something that I think leaders need to look at. Uh, You've talked about they're not incented, so there's not a real reason to. They're not trained, so they actually don't know how to. They look at the wrong sources, like incomplete CRM sources or, or even only the benefit of the recorded call. What I wrote down is you're missing chapters to the story, right? Like, you're you're not getting the other conversations that were happening behind the scenes or where you failed to match up to where other people did. And, and, and then the last one I wrote down is you get this bias on who speaks loudest is the one that gets listened to. And yeah. I, I would imagine that sometimes you see all four of these things happen and sometimes it's only one or two, but even if it's only one or two, that's a problem if you're making decisions based on faulty inputs. Yeah, none of, it's all it's all guessing. None of the yeah. data sources that I said are a good way to make decisions on what you need to do to generate more revenue for your business. Let me ask you this. So I, I'm gravitating right now to, and this is like for our listeners, they're used to this, Hoff, because I, I know you're newer to the show, but like we don't ever script it as you know we have no script and so what you just said made me pause and we're about to go deeper on this one um i think the title is going to be one of the things you said title shows how to have the answers to the sales test like you get the answers to the test i, I like that's tyler show I, I like this concept of removing guesswork but i'm going to this thought you said of the person who screams loudest they say well the, this most recent one or this most biggest one or or this rep that is listen to this idea. It's going to create, like, we think this one thing is indicative of all things, right? Um, How many do you have to look at for you to feel like, okay, we're looking at enough that we can make inferences here. We're looking at enough that we can start making changes here. Like, is it five wins, five losses? Is it 20 wins, 20 losses? Like, is there a rule of thumb on, on how to get away from the don't listen to the loudest person in the room syndrome? Yep. So directionally, we think we have good data when we have about 50 um, interviews that we've 50 done. total? Is it is it like even wins and losses or do you skew it? Do you, is it all losses? Do you it's compare wins to losses? losses? We do do okay. some wins to understand why you win, but there's a lot more gold in the losses. So, so, so out of 50, is it like, I, I'm really interested now, I'm really interested. Is it like 40-10? Is it 30-20? 40, 10. Okay. And what happens is because we're reaching out on a consistent basis. It's not like there's this big unveiling. It's like your data sets constantly getting stronger as we do more interviews. 
And each specific interview um, has value in itself, but it's not like, oh, this one customer said this, so we need to do this for everyone, but like, oh, let's win this back or, oh, this is interesting. So the data only gets stronger over time, but directionally we find after 15 interviews, of losses specifically, you'll start to get a sense of, okay, what trends are happening across this? And um, is this faulty data or let's see if this is actually real. Is it hard when you're starting with people to get access to those losses? Do you find that sometimes people don't want you talking to their losses? Do you see that? No, companies, I mean, really? companies that cool. work with us are committed to improving. So they are invested in us reaching out to them. And then we have a unique way of getting responses if that's what you're talking about. Well, no, I, I was thinking like, here's what I found. I'll be interested. So again, when I work, I've worked with a lot of people in this world, like a lot of, a lot of reps. When a rep wins, they like to look in the mirror and say, well, you won. Aren't you lucky to have me? And when they lose, you said like a, a client will always lie to you. I think a rep will too. Um, client will always go to price. Rep will always go to price. Sometimes price is it, but almost always my experience has been price really isn't the driver. And, yeah. and, um, and I have found sometimes salespeople will say, don't talk to my deals. Don't talk to my customers. And so you're finding that if it's done the right way, the salespeople aren't resisting you talking to them. The salespeople are welcoming it. Correct. We don't want to be a rep audit tool. We will identify if something was not managed the right way, but reps love us because we're going to tell them what they need to do to win it back. And the best reps, if they're not doing things effectively, they want to know what they need to do to improve. So if you're a low performing rep that is often late for calls or doing a terrible job, yeah, you might not like past site, but you're probably in the wrong role and it's not the right fit for you. So Love it. The vast majority of our reps love past site and leaders love it because it's just getting people the data to ultimately drive more revenue, which is what everybody wants. Yeah. See, that's awesome. That's really, really good. And so I guess that's a takeaway from this. We don't ever want to use learning as a gotcha moment. Like I would imagine sometimes you have to coach leaders on how to use that. Don't you turn this into a gotcha or else you're going to exactly. start having people spoon feed things and then you're not going to benefit from it. Right. Exactly. And today already, like all calls are being recorded for the most part and things like that. So it's not like reps feel like, oh my God, all of a sudden I'm being micromanaged. It's like, no, this is a part of your go-to-market motion. When a deal is lost, we're going to get third-party insights into why um, why it's lost. So I think the same way Gong revolutionized call recording, this is what we're going to do with having customer feedback be a part of the go-to-market motion. Really cool. So what I love about this is I, I'm a subscriber to James Clear that said losers and winners have the same goals. The difference is winners have better systems. And yep. so this is a system you should have. I Again, I'm going to guess one, one fifth of 1%, one out of 500 has a system to actually learn from the losses in a way that's yep. reliable. Okay. So let's, let's get into that. I can't believe how fast the time's going already, dude. We're going to run out of time so fast. Our listeners, man, this this one's going to run out of out of gas too fast. We're going to have to have you come back next year and and we'll 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 update it. But do you have like like if you want to learn from losses, like you said, they don't know what to ask. Like, is there a process? Is there a way to learn from losses? Absolutely. So the the most important thing is the voice of the customer. So okay. if the deal is lost, 
there's three ways to analyze it. There's what the sales rep thinks happened. That we talked about is not accurate. There's what actually happened in the gong calls and emails where you can give some coaching, but that's not going to move the needle. The real way to know why you win or lost is to talk to the person that didn't buy. And if you can get them to open up at scale on all of the reasons why you didn't win, then that can lead to you getting this information to truly take action on. So like that's the missing piece that companies aren't focused on because they either think it's too difficult, they don't rely, they, they don't think they're going to get enough of it. But the companies, that's why that one company out of the 500, they had such a system of, of a process after they lose every deal of what they do and they leverage the third party to do it in a consistent way. And they had all this data and action and different hypotheses they were testing. I was blown away. Um, but it is getting the voice of the customer. That is by far the most valuable perspective um, to understanding why you lost. Sorry, I'm taking notes here. I, I've I've already finished a whole page here. This is this is really good. So that's something we need a system around. How do we get the voice of a customer and do it in a way that's reliable? Something that we can count on. I like that you do it in a systemic way. We don't just do it on the biggest deals. We don't just do it on the ones that we invested the most in. Um, we, we we have a, a a regular flow of these things to make sure that we say, okay, if you're doing X number of deals uh, on a quarterly basis, we want to make sure we're reviewing, you know, some number of those to make sure that we're that we are learning from our losses. And I hope I got a lot of people that are like going, man, we're not doing that right now. Um, I, I'm going to guess that you don't want to have someone on the inside doing these interviews. I'm guessing you need to have somebody who's a third party, independent third party. How important is that? Is that like before when I was doing a lot of this, that I found that was important today. Is that still important? It's critical. So what companies do now, so we're like working mostly with the early adopters, people that get it. And now what's interesting is some people, we we grew awareness of, okay, this is something we should be doing. We're going to try it internally. And now they're coming back and moving forward because it wasn't effective internally. And so there's a couple of reasons why it's so important to use a third party. One, we are not trying to sell them. We reach out and our message is, we're reaching out on behalf of XYZ company. They really value customer feedback. We knew, we knew you didn't move forward and they'd love for you. We'd love to talk to you because they thought you'd be more honest with a third party. Your input will impact the future of whatever technology uh, type thing. And so we will get higher response rates. Then um, when we talk to them, A, we have a unique methodology of the questions we ask, how we ask them given our sales background. Um, so we get people really to open up to us. And after we collect all this data, we know how to present it in a way that generates more pipeline and makes it actionable. So companies can't do that internally. And what they generally do, what they try it internally, they get a couple of responses. Nothing really comes from the interviews. There's no action taken and it's not a continuous thing. The whole point is you're not gonna stop updating your CRM data. You should never stop getting the customer feedback. So I would say for companies that aren't doing anything, Try it internally. It's better than nothing. It gets you moving in the right direction of literally the most important data set you can get. But ultimately, the companies that really care are the ones that are investing in a third party like PassSite. That makes total sense to me. And I would imagine if you look at the benefits, um, 
I'm looking again. I, I, I one of the things I do, Hoff, is I create models. I'm a I'm a model builder, and so I I've just created a model of the three things that you get. the The first one is your customers, even in the case of a lost customer, will feel this the realness of the commitment of like wanting to learn from someone like them. So uh, you'll, you're going to get benefit because when you have a third party involved, the commitment is going to be perceived as higher than if it's just an internal person going through their call list. I think the next, next one is your response rate. So you actually probably need a smaller sample size of people to call because your response rate is going to go higher. You said that one. And the last one is the realness of the answers that you can actually count on these things and, and get the rest of the story. And so those things by themselves, I, I wrote down what you said, internal is better than nothing, but I would imagine third party, if it's done the way you've said, it pays for itself super, super fast. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, so let, let, let's, let's sit in this and let's stay in this, this chapter of, of, or this verse of this song, again, we got 50,000 listeners and I know there's some people that have their head turned to the side, their eyebrows are up. They're like, yeah, we got to do better here. Like everybody's making their 2024 plan. They're making their 2024 budgeting decisions and all those kinds of things. And there's going to be a lot of people that don't have thought around how do we learn from our losses? Any advice to these people? Like what are elements that should be in a reliable, robust, valuable program like this? Are there any elements that you'd say, here are things you really want to make sure are part of it? Yeah. So the number one thing is getting data that's actionable. So like, we don't just understand why you lost. We dig into so many different reasons of how do they feel about the market? How do they, how do they assess value? How do they, what are their pain points and how do they feel that your solution help with their pain points? Um, how do they feel about pricing? Um, and competition, including the status quo, which we can get into. Uh, and then of course, how do they feel about the sales rep and the go-to-market uh, motion in general? And so it's not just, oh, like you lost 60% of your deals to price. That is That would be completely useless data. So it's first identifying from the lost reasons, have good loss reasons that you can take action on. So we have specific loss categories that we use at PassSite um, one, as an example, is commercials. So you, I, I agree with you, companies lose a lot less on commercials than they think. That's an excuse. That's the easiest thing for a prospect to tell them. But if it's commercials, and why we call it commercials is that could be budget, that could be price, that could be the terms, and companies aren't separating those three things when it's very different reasons. So we have different loss reasons from commercials inertia. Um, so that's a big thing companies need to think about. If you're going against a competitor, for an example, and they're already using the competitor, and then they decide to stay with the competitor, you didn't lose to the competitor, you lost to the status quo versus yes. a head uh, evaluation where um, they're going with a new solution either way. So it's commercials, inertia, value, the solution itself that could be product, that could be other aspects of it. The sales process is another one. So First, it's about having, understanding the categories of things you want to learn, have clear loss reasons um, that are actionable and subcategories within them, and figure out the things you want to identify. So have different hypotheses so that you can make, uh, you can take action on them. So 
you can't just randomly do interviews and say, oh, we're, we're going to see what comes of it. You need to have a, a systematic approach in order to do it effectively, but it should be changing over time. Businesses have new initiatives. You want to see if those new initiatives are resonating. So it should constantly be updated as well. So I like this. So you start with kind of some topics of reasons that you start with, but as you go, you're going to learn from this, say, hey, we're seeing some other things pop up that maybe aren't inertia or status quo or value or process or, or whatever. Maybe it's the relationship with the rep. I I, I don't know. Um, the one you called commercial. I, 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 I'm, I'm interested to learn more about that, but, but intent about finding out. So start with what you think the usual suspects are. Is that good advice? And then, and then watch and yeah. learn and adapt is, is it, is that what I'm hearing? Well, you want to go in with an open mind. The, the funny thing, and I'm guilty of this too, is uh, when I was a revenue leader leading teams, I would go into my CRM to help prove a point. So it's like, I would use it to validate. So if I'm the wow. head of sales of, of the East Coast and my team isn't performing at the head of sales uh, on the West Coast, I want to have a story why. So it's, we're not getting enough opportunities. Okay, well, maybe that, that data point wasn't there. So then you go deeper. We're not getting enough qualified opportunities or whatever it is. Um, and so you, it's okay to have I, reasons why you why you think you're winning and losing, but you don't want to just use the data to tell your story. You want to go in with an open mind. So we will ask companies why they think they're winning and losing and what are the most important things to identify, but we're not going to come back and just tell them what they, what they want to hear because it's such a purely objective uh, data set that's directly from the voice of the, the customer. So you should be having hypotheses, um, but you should also be open to discovering what the truth actually is. And it's often very different than what companies think. I mean, we found the, the information we collect over two thirds of the time, 68%, what people tell us is completely opposite or different than what is in their CRM. And companies often think they're losing because of product or, or reasons like that. Yeah, when it is so more often sales execution and value, it's not the solution. Um, there's so much more within companies' control, which excites me as a sales leader because there's a lot more in our craft we can be doing. And at the end of the day, it is, it is a human-to-human -human type job. And so there is so much more within companies' control that they can do to uh, to win. But we will identify if it's a solution. But if a company's like, hey, we just want to know that we're losing because we don't have this one feature, it's like, that's not the right approach because I, I would bet more often than not, that's just what the reps are screaming about or you're screaming about and it won't move the needle. It's just maybe what they're being told, but it's really a different challenge. You said something that I want to sit in if you don't mind. You said more often it's sales execution slash value versus product slash price. Like if you were, again, I know I'm not asking for, you're, you're not doing a Gartner research report. You, you've got 500 people that you've been talking to, but that, that set of conversations is large enough for me to say, I'm interested in what you find. Like, is it an even split of sales execution value versus product price? Is it, is it just random every time or do you see any trends? Like what, cause you said more often than not at sales executions or value, like how different is it? Is it close? Is it yeah. way different? So we've done over a thousand win loss interviews this year. And okay. while it does vary company uh, by sure. company somewhat, which is uh, always what's so exciting for us to learn, we've found 
60% of the time, it's a solution or sales process um, type issue. And then 40% of the time, uh, sorry, it's a value or sales process. And then 40% of the time, it could be a solution or commercials type issue. When you say commercials, what are you referring to specifically? I want to make sure that pricing, I got that. Pricing, budget, terms. like Got it. People think we're losing because of price. And if we just lower our price, I actually don't think most companies should lower their price, even in this market, because if you lower this price, you're not going to capture, you're missing out on the companies that will pay the higher price. And you're not going to capture as much of the market as you think. They might have said price, but that was just what they did to get you off their back. Love it. Okay. Um, that was awesome. Thank you. I want to talk, you talked about status quo in terms of moving off of status quo in a win-loss situation. I want to look at status quo from a different angle, if you don't mind. Um, I want to talk about like companies, they build like, they build this gravitational pull of status quo. This is how we do things. That's why we don't learn from our losses well enough, because this is just kind of what we do. We run these plays, we work this hard. Uh, I have clients of mine tell me that thinking about creating the greatest year of my my career is fun to think about, but it's also scary because I'm not sure what I got to change. When you get this data, and I, I get that you said the first rule that you have at past side is we don't do anything unless we know we can make it actionable. Is that really how you overcome status quo is to provide things in, a, in an actionable way? Or do you have some other insights for our listeners about here are some ways you can overcome status quo in your organizations? Are you saying when a company's losing to status quo? Like No, the- I'm talking about inside your organization. This is how we sell. This is how we hire. This is how we whatever. You're bringing, you're bringing insights. I know it's hard to change. And the bigger the company, the harder it is to change too. Any advice to our listeners? Because there's going to be a lot of listeners. I've had them tell me on one-on-ones, Mike. They say, dude, it is so hard to get things to change around here. I hear that all the time. And I, I guarantee you, you hear that probably eight times out of 10 or nine times out of 10. Um, any advice for our listeners? Like, listen, you want to do win-loss so you can learn, but here are some tips to make it so you can be a leader who creates change. So you're not lumped in with just more status quo for 2024, like it was in 2023. So there's, there's a couple of things here. One, the data set we provide can't be argued because it all links back. None of the interviews are anonymous. You can actually go in and hear the exact quotes or snippets. and, And we link to all of that of where we're getting this information from. So that helps with like, what like widespread adoption is okay this this information can be trusted it can be validated two we empower our buyers so the people that use us if companies want to just keep everything the same then passite isn't the right fit for them um but unless you have a 100% win rate which no company in the world does then yeah. you always want to find ways to get better and improve and so the buyers the revenue leaders that buy us we're empowering them because we are, they are the ones that now hold this information that is like this magic set of data that's accurate. Um, and that when you're in all these meetings and everybody's saying we should do this and we should do that, that it's like, well, this is what the voice of the customer um, is saying. So we have that insight. We have a buyer that is excited about that insight and we give them the tools. We give recommendations. We explain what they need to do and it's not like these 
impossible things. Like a, a huge trend we're seeing is companies don't know the real reasons why they lose. And it's much more of not like when we ask buyers, how do they assess the value? They think, oh, if it's, they assess it on price, they assess it on product features. Um, when often it is ease of implementation is a big one that we've seen. Um, and so companies will change their messaging or change their strategy around making this an easy tool to adopt. That's just one example, but that's the kind of action you can take. So you're gonna have to put in the work, but now you're the one that brought the solution in. You have this data set um, that is screaming to you what you need to do to win more, and it's gonna lead to revenue. So um, we find that a challenge is not companies won't take action um, on the data, it's more, companies need to just get used to this being a, a data set. And it's not to say you should always do exactly what your um, clients are saying. Like there's the, the like Henry Ford quote of always, um, like if, if you would have talked to our customers, we would have built faster horses, but it is understanding that you want the perspective of what they want. And really what they wanted is to move faster. And, and, and that's what we can provide. We can tell you exactly what your customers really want and you don't really know. You think you know, but you don't know. That was where I was going to go anyway. It was like, okay, so the say over coverage has quo. I was going to ask you, are you seeing any trends? And you just gave us a couple of nuggets, dude, straight fire. Like these are things people can compare themselves to. Are we making assumptions on why we lose? We think it's this, but it's really this. Great example you gave on adoption versus price. I like the other one on we don't take action. Um, I, I like the idea of part of the culture being instead of like doing radical change where we change everything, what about if we tested things? Like when in doubt, send out a scout. We have like a team that says, okay, we're going to be the first ones to implement this messaging or this approach or whatever. And we dabble with it. It's like when you get a new like spot cleaner for your clothes and it says, test it in the back corner of the shirt that you tuck in or whatever, instead of like on the middle uh, of your chest. Those are really great uh trends that you're seeing any other common lessons or like those are so good i i i love the insights that you have is is there like anything else you'd say to a fifty thousand listeners here's something you ought to think about as you think about why you're winning and why you're losing yeah i would say the only thing we haven't talked about uh at all is the customer success side and one really okay. interesting nugget that we've seen there as i'm sure a lot of leaders on this podcast are also seeing account management or customer success or the churn side of things is what we found that was shocking is one thing we asked customers is when did they know they were going to churn? And about 55% knew they were going to churn more than three months before the renewal. So your customer- No, 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 no. Say that again. I'm interrupting you, Hoff. I'm sorry. You got to say that again, because that's a big deal. Exactly. Over half your customers, 55% know they are churning your solution more than three months before the renewal. And so it's not the renewal that is this big impending event. It is they they have had a poor experience or they are excited about a competitor um, or budgets are being cut or whatever it is, things that you can overcome or at least have a chance to overcome if you know, but over half of them know more than three months in advance. They're just not telling you because A, they don't want to... Um, create like tension before it's needed. B, um, they want to get good service while they're still using um, your solution. But oftentimes these are things that you can overcome. So 
Companies use us in three ways. Uh, the, the main three ways are lost deals, churn customers, but also customers that are up for renewal as well, um, because they'll tell us if do, do you plan on renewing. How do you evaluate uh, the the solution? What is the buying process? And things that you just won't get the same information doing this in house. And again, should be a part of of, of your motion. But the the main nugget here is. Your customers know they are churning well before you know. Well before you know. That's awesome. Dude, we have burned up the time. We're coming to the end of this one. And I want to make sure we do two things. I want to give everybody an opportunity to know how to connect to you. And then I want to give you kind of open night at the improv to have like your final thoughts to 50,000 people around the world that have just had a killer experience with you. This is like the fastest 45 minutes I've had in a long time, man. Um so on behalf of a lot of people, thank you. How do people get more of you? How do they get more Hoff? How do they get more, more of your organization? How, 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 do, how do they pick up the things that you put down? Because I follow you. That's why I reached out to you to join the show. I'm a fan of what you do. You got my attention. You got a lot of people who are fans of you right now. Um, how do they connect to you? How do they, if they have questions, bring them to you? Uh, how, how do they like take advantage of resources that you have to offer? Yeah, absolutely. So I am sharing a lot of my learnings on LinkedIn. So you can um, find me on LinkedIn and connect with me or follow me there. Um, also, just email me, mike at passlight.com. I love talking about this stuff. Um, I'm passionate about it. I'm building a company around it. I'm going to spend my life helping solve this challenge. So um, anybody can just email me and I'm happy to chat with them. Love it. My advice is to take him up on it. Uh, he will respond to your email. I know because he responded to mine. Uh, he His stuff that he shares is stuff that will make you stop and think. Uh, he he has this benefit of like, it's in a wind tunnel of opportunities that he and his team look at all day, every day. And so he has a perspective that we can't get on our own. We just can't. So, so I love you know, my advice, take advantage of that. And we'll put links in the show notes, uh, Hoff, to make it easy for people to get to your website and your LinkedIn and all those kinds of things. So we're down to our last couple of minutes. Um, we got, I don't know, two, three minutes left. I want to have you like kind of sum up, sum it up for a minute, put a bow on top or the cherry on top of the Sunday or whatever, right? Like if you were to summarize your thoughts about what we've just talked about, like why it matters and what you see and things you might say and share to, to leaders who want to be elite, right? they're being asked to create the best year they've ever created in 2024. And, and I hope if anything, you've created this mindset of we better not lose for the same reasons next year as we did this year. Any final thoughts you'd share with, with this audience? It's about always getting better. You, you, As I mentioned, you will never have a 100% win rate, but you don't want to lose for the same reason. So you want to be tracking why you're losing with an accurate data set and then constantly getting better. And that's what the best leaders are going to do. They're going to find ways to truly identify why they're losing and find ways to improve on those losses. And so if, if there's anything I can specifically say is the best leaders need to consistently evolve, consistently learn why they're losing. And to me, there's no better way than talking to your customers to do that. Mic drop, mic drop. Literally, your name is Mike. That's funny. I didn't think of that till I said it. Um, Mike, this was awesome. E even more fun than I thought. Your depth and understanding here is fantastic. Um, you're, you're certainly not superficial. Uh, you certainly see things in a way that uh, everybody that 
that's been on this call can listen and, and learn from. My advice to everyone is to connect with Mike. Uh, check out what PassSite has to offer. Um, make sure that next year, as you go into next year, you give your team the insights they need on how to win more and lose less. And know these are the reasons that lead to where we want to end up. And I believe that you're going to be able to undo some negative beliefs like around price or other things if you can come up with these types of insights. And, and if we want to perform better, we got to think better. And I believe that if we can eliminate myths and we could get rid of like some of this old tribal knowledge that might not be helping us in the modern day, I think that's something that will be meaningful in it. And if 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 uh, Mike is someone who can help you with that, my advice is to check it out. Mike, you are awesome. Uh, to our listeners, his name is Michael Hoffman. The, the company is plur, is is Passite. Uh, we will make it easy for you to find their company and and reach out to them. If you want to do better next year than you did this year, he's a really good person to know. And on behalf of a lot of people, Hoff, thank you for joining the Sales Leadership Podcast, and I wish you only amazing success next year and beyond. Thanks so much, Rob. Love your energy. It was fun to do this. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first, this episode is brought to you by Sales Leadership United. Sales Leadership United has had so much growth, and I'm grateful to each of you who have chosen to check it out. The purpose of Sales Leadership United is simple. I want to give you access to the largest collection of sales leadership assets in the world. Listen, I coach over 100 sales leaders. They're in big companies, new companies. They're in every industry. These are people that are new to leadership or new to the company, but they're also people who have been leading teams for years. Some of them are the most seasoned sales leaders in the world. And every single one of them wants more tools, more insights, more perspective. They ask me questions like, how do we create new systems? How do we create new foundations? How do we create change? How do we coach, lead up, manage up? How do we connect to a totally different generation? And the number one question I get, what are other leaders like me doing to solve problems like the ones I'm facing right now? And that... That's why you need to check out Sales Leadership United. All the tools, all the training, all the techniques, perspective that comes from the benefit of thousands of hours with other leaders from all around the world. If you haven't checked out Sales Leadership United, head to salesleadershipunited.com and use the code ROB to get a free trial. Now, I am so glad we had this conversation with Mike because I think we don't spend enough time learning why we lose. I'm passionate about it. I agree with Mike when he says it's an epidemic. And it's true. As a result, we keep losing for the same reasons over and over again. I know it's true because I talk to people like you every single day and I'm seeing it and I'm hearing it. And if that's the case, that we keep losing for over and over again for the same reasons, it's really tough to win in ways other than just saying yes to the grind. So when I meet people and teams that help sales orgs learn from their successes and their shortcomings, I'm always interested. Listen, win-loss done correctly is a massive difference maker for companies that use it. Win-loss is done, win-loss that's done incorrectly, well, that's something that's such a waste of time, you might as well not have ever done it in the first place. So I want you to think long and hard about that stat Mike shared at the beginning of the episode, one-fifth of one percent. 
are people that are actually learning the right way. So you can leave this category of losers and grinders and join the elite group of learners and winners. You'll find growth happens almost immediately. When you win from your losses, you'll find an almost immediate impact. So let's already, you know, let's all commit to let's lose less. Same number of at-bats, just lose less. Don't keep swinging at the wrong pitch. Good swings at good pitches is what leads to a hit. It works in baseball and it works in sales. I've found that clients that go through a sales process of any rigor at all welcome a win-loss interview because it gives them a chance to justify their decision. And when you start to learn these lessons straight from your client's mouths, then you start to make decisions based on information that is a difference maker. And if you're wondering, well, my suggestion is to dabble. I, uh, I've said it for a long time, when in doubt, send out a scout. Have Mike and his team or some other person, uh, one of the other teams that are out there, start small. You know, you don't, you don't have to go all in. You can start small and find out what happens. Let these people show you the richness and the insights that can come when you do win-loss reviews the right way. Because most people don't change unless something forces them to. And that, that's a decision that leads to a very costly way to approach change and to approach growth. Learning from your customers is a massive resource that isn't tapped as often as it should be. So if you're listening to this episode, you should ask yourself, how do I make sure we don't lose for the same reasons in 2024 as we did in 2023? I'd tell your team that this is an important objective this year. And if you run the CX or the customer success side of the revenue world at your company, I'd ask a similar question. I'd ask, How do I make sure we don't lose customers for the same reasons in 2024 as we did in 2023? Listen, I work with companies all around the world, and I'm telling you, retention is now a bigger deal than it's ever been. Go back and listen to my episode with Ali Kudby at the end of last year. Uh, Everybody's doubling down. How do we hold on to what we have better? Um, And when Mike said that stat, I've never stopped thinking about it. It's the second stat he shared that more than 55% of customers who defect know they will defect at least three months before they tell you they're churning. Listen, you're going to need to be intentional about this because solving this challenge never comes as a happy accident. You need to seek out the reasons in ways that that provide answers that you can believe in. And this, it starts with a commitment to always getting better, always improving, never settling in and accepting status quo. Listen, status quo has a gravitational pull that is tough to break. And so you have to be intentional about it, but that's good because my experience has been that when you look, you find what you're looking for. So go find what you, why you lose and then do whatever you can to lose, even if it's just a little bit less for whatever that reason is, because that's going to get you wins that don't require more at bats. Just get better. Build a system that helps you learn from losses and then Build systems that help you not lose for those same reasons. This means you go looking for answers in all the right places. And doing that will set you apart from most sales leaders. Doing that will earn you the trust and respect of those you lead. And doing that will help you engineer the greatest years your company has ever experienced. So Mike, thank you so much for joining me. Congrats on your success. You now have a huge fan in in me and a sales leadership podcast, and I hope Asight does amazing, incredible things. 
Thank you for sharing your perspective and insights around why sales leaders need to make a commitment to learning why they lose. My advice to our 50,000 listeners is to connect with Mike. Reach out to him. Check out what PassSite has to offer. Follow him and his company. You're going to find he's an incredible resource and will help you make improvements fast. And we'll have some links in the show notes to make this easy for you. Click on them. Check on them. And, and start learning more about how you can learn from your losses as well as your wins. <sighs> and then make sure to check out Sales Leadership United to get video segments of the highlights of this conversation with Mike and other amazing guests of the show. I will have several clips that will be huge leadership resources for you. You're going to want to use these resources and videos for sure. Finally, thanks to each of you, our listeners. The greatest compliment you can give is to share the show with those you work with. Introduce them to the Sales Leadership Podcast. Leave us a review on iTunes. Send me more of those DMs telling me what you like about the show and what you want more of. And you can always support the show by checking out Sales Leadership United. Head to salesleadershipunited.com and check it out. You'll be glad you did. Thank you for your support of the Sales Leadership Podcast. Our job as sales leaders is to create life-changing years for the people we lead. If you liked this message, please share it this week with someone who needs to hear it. And then get after it. Because life is short. There is no guarantee of what will hit us tomorrow. So maximize your today. Be elite, live strong, and chase your passions. And do your best work so you can live your best life. Don't ever forget that you got this and I got you. Here's to a terrific week. Thank you so much for joining the Sales Leadership Podcast, the award-winning sales leadership podcast for those sales leaders looking to create legendary impact to those they lead. The greatest compliment you can give is to share this show and any of your favorite episodes with your fellow sales leaders, social media followers, or other communities you're part of. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. If you want to discuss any of the topics discussed on the show, want to level up your leadership impact, discuss executive coaching services, or even include me at an upcoming event, hit me up at rob at jetpg.com. That's rob at jeppg.com. And to those of you working to become a legendary sales leader, I salute you and wish you much success on your journey. Whenever you need someone in your corner, you know where to find me.